0: We want to be our best, feel our best, and live our best. But achieving our best isn't as cut and dry as do fitness, eat good, get results, happy. Happy, happy. To find joy, good health, balance, and contentment, we need to show valour. This is valour. Valour is courage. Courage to face challenges, to endure, to struggle, to be exposed to all of your vulnerabilities, and to face it all without any certainty of the outcome the Valor Podcast, we share the methods, strategies, and ideas that can help us all achieve our very best. This is Valor. Hey
1: Stu, how are you? I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was Th- weird being
1: on this side of it now, after, uh, after a couple of times ago being on the other side.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm going to try my best to not take over the whole thing and not be the host. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, two hosts this time, so uh, you've got myself, Darren, and...
2: You got me, Carmen.
0: How are you?
2: Good.
0: You sound pretty shy for someone who loves a chat, <laughs> <laughs> loves a chinwag. A bit. <laughs> chinwag.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love a chinwag. No,
0: I'm <laughs> stoked that you guys got me to come and do this. Um, I even feel nervous because I don't like <laughs> often being the centre of the attention. So yeah, it's it's good. But yeah, you guys have what put together some questions and things. And
1: yeah, I think like I guess the point of it. From our point, is you've got all these members, you're telling all our stories, but I guess nobody really knows, unless they're close to you have come along the journey with you, what your story is. So, I guess it's an opportunity for you to tell us your story and um, where you started and how you got into CrossFit. I think all your podcasts start with how how you got into CrossFit originally. Mm. So, if you wanna if you wanna start there and we'll build from that,
0: I can. Uh, yeah, So, got into CrossFit. Um, first heard of it in 2009 yeah late 2009 the first couple of gyms on on the Mornington Peninsula popped open um Frankston and Rosebud and I was working at a gym uh like a just a standard gym called Orbit down in Mount Martha Mornington area and yeah a few sort of staff there had heard about it and must have been friends with a guy at the Rosebud gym so we, we went down and did like the intro session there and um I remember just getting schooled on like how to do a squat (laughs) i remember just like my mid back and upper back was sore from doing air squats just like didn't realize how maybe rounded my back was a little bit um so did that and then came back from that and straight away was like oh this is way more fun than anything in the gym like i would always write gym programs for people that were just stacked it was always superset after superset. Like It was never like, oh, we'll do legs twice a week and we'll do arms. It was like, we're going to superset, like push-pull, you know, squat deadlifts because you can get way more in your session. And I think everyone was like, but I don't want to do more in my session. <laughs> and then, yeah, then we did CrossFit and did a WOD and I was like, oh, this is way more fun. So all of a sudden I was, yeah, in the gym in, when it was my training time in the gym, Throwing around a medicine ball and a kettlebell, and then running up onto the treadmill and running on the treadmill, and everyone's just looking at me like, "Who's this loony <laughs> <laughs> running around in the Globo Gym?" Um, yeah, because I didn't really, didn't really like. I was working in the Globo Gym, but I just didn't like it. There was something about it. I was like, oh, "This is boring." I didn't like the the. Macho what was you part. doing in
2: there? Was you you was PT, wasn't you? Did you start yeah,
0: with PT? PT gym floor stuff like mm-hmm. that? I like. I was pretty fortunate. that people who. Took me on, kind of, pretty much just threw me in the deep end, really. Like, I started doing gym floor and stuff. But then all of a sudden, the gym floor manager's like, all right, in next week you're taking a bike class. Because I think that person wasn't going to be there for (laughs) the day. He's like, have you done that before? I'm like, no. He's (laughs) like, well, we'll go do a class and then you can take yours next week. And straight away. Like, I was pretty shy in front of people. Like, in high school, I would like be shake like crazy doing an english essay and go red and get real embarrassed so in front of people it was hard and then so for him to be like all right you're taking a bike class in front of you know 15 mums and dads and grannies i was like (laughs) fuck but it was good it just i guess took me straight out of my shell straight away and i had to yeah just go for it um so i was doing that and then doing boot camps with like outdoor stuff and it was me and him he was a pretty like raw old school boot campy kind of dude. He's a kickboxing instructor as well, so it was pretty grungy. <laughs> yeah. I
2: remember my first boot camp. I literally it was literally crawling in the mud, yeah. and I was like, "This is great." <laughs> Raining, I was great. I love a good boot camp. Yeah, you do it for a
0: while, <laughs> and then once you've done it, you're like. Oh,
2: not doing that kind of anymore. yeah i'm done with that i'm it, done yeah. with
0: that the wintry days sludging through mud you're like that's stupid mm. it was nice doing it on the peninsula though because especially in summer like we'd go down to the beach and do beach sessions and swimming sessions and stuff so you'd be up at six in the morning the sun's coming up and you're in the water it was like amazing yeah it was nice. so good so i started through that did some pts and that um i nicked off i was still at university studying sport development and i was also bored of university at home. I didn't mm-hmm. find University in Australia that. And people say, like, Oh, you know, you get your best friends you ever get is when you go to university and the uni parties and this and that. But I was living in Mount Martha, traveling to Burwood every day before Eastlink. Not that I could afford Eastlink when <laughs> I opened. But so I was just sitting in traffic and I was like, I don't, just wasn't that interested. So I did a semester abroad in america i went to oregon state university and it was phenomenal it was so good um just getting a part of you know that college life that you see on tv and the movies and stuff and it's not too far different from that Mm. um but you know seeing how sports done there and that's very different sports system to what australia has to do all that while i was there doing that these people that were working at the gym i was at opened up their own crossfit gym in mornington And so, once I sort of wrapped up that six months in America, um, came home and just joined the CrossFit gym straight away and Mm -hmm. was kind of helping run their boot camps and stuff like that. So, I never had to pay for CrossFit. I just, because I helped them and did things with them, I just got to do it. Yeah. Didn't turn back.
2: What made you want to get into, like, sport in general? Like, what is your background of, like, wanting to be, wanting to study at uni and then personal training and then... Building I think, from there.
0: Oh, don't. Th- yeah, I think nothing else when I was in school and doing work experience really grabbed me. Like dad's a tradie. I used to like, you know, in your weeks off or your work experience weeks, just go to work with dad and do trade work. And it was just a bit boring and monotonous. Like I didn't mind doing it. Um, but just that little bit boring and monotonous to me. So I was like, nah, I'm not too into trades. Like I couldn't imagine, you know, whether you're a builder or a plumber or whatever, kind of doing the same thing every day, rock up to a site install a toilet, install a sink, go, rock up to another site. Like, That just Mm. wasn't me. Um, In terms of sport, like I always loved being active, did like life-saving when I was younger, got into footy, mad, mad about footy, just loved it, lived it, breathed it. Never knew. Yeah, (laughs) you wouldn't know, would you? (laughs) Just lived it, breathed it, always followed along to the Olympics and always did well in like, you know, mid-distance running in school and just was into sport, just liked it. Um, it was definitely my favourite subject through school. So as it got towards that end period, I'm like, well, I like that. So I guess I'll just lead down that way and, and see what happens. Um, you know, the again, like the idea of gyms and PT and stuff wasn't the main appeal. And that's why I decided to go to university and not just do a Cert 3 and 4. I was like, no, nah, I want to go to university and found this sport development degree in which... Even I didn't know what, even what university or what degree I wanted to do. Like at that time, I knew there was exercise science, and I was like, "Well, I'm not that great at science. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do research reports on sport science." I was like, "Coaching sounds good, but you know, a lot of people get in your ear about even you know the income that you get in elite sports not great. So you know, people kind of pushing you away from that. Um, you know, including your mum, sort of like, oh, you know, he, my you know her brother." Uh, My uncle, you know, got in that avenue. It didn't really work out. So she was kind of nudging me away from it straight away. But I was like, nah, I'm going to go down that road no matter what because I'd rather be happy with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like Darren talked about, I'd rather Mm -hmm. be happy with what I'm doing than doing something monotonous for good money. It's just Mm -hmm. not me. Um, And then on one of those university days where you can go and, you know, see what's on offer, we went to Deakin and um, any footy fans will know David Parkin has been a part of... um, Deakin University since forever he's a player Hawthorne Carlton coach won a premiership like and he was there just spitting in our faces about this new degree that's coming out (laughs) called sport development and I was like I'm sold like just the fact that David Parkin was spent 10 minutes with us just talking about it like in our faces I was like yes David Parkin (laughs) um and yeah so yeah went into that and that was kind of like a just a it was just a mixed degree really of sports science and coaching and a lot of the development pathways like learning about how you get athletes from the grassroot level to the elite level and developing the best methods and pathways to mm-hmm. get people there and how to grow country level sport and uh, identifying all the differences and how to you know make all that better um, which was interesting and appealing to me so I was sort of going down that avenue and I ended up getting a job as well with the melbourne storm doing that so um yeah a friend was working for them sort of in like a managerial player manager role so he was he'd be that guy running around after the players looking after them and stuff and he just got me work placement in my like last semester i think Um, what
1: what year was this
0: two (laughs) after the cheating debacle (laughs) 2010 or 11 2011 i think yeah um yeah, so was working for... The, yeah, I did work placement. And within like a week, he's like, do you want a job? We need people, more people to do this. And it was and it was the development stuff. So going to the schools, teaching primary school kids how to play rugby league, running and officiating the high school events and stuff like that all around. Like a lot of time, we're at Casey Fields. Um, but yeah, all up and down this east, southeast side. And it was pretty cool. Um, so that was sort of leading in that direction. Um, and pretty much... I'm probably fast-forwarding a little bit, so you can go back if you want. But pretty much, like <laughs> at the time, the gym was sort of a potential to start. Um, I kind of got offered to take over that southeast role of Melbourne Storm um, in this development thing, and I kind of had to, you know, pick a lane really, and either go one way or the other, and end up going this way.
1: Oh. What pushed you this way?
0: Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good <laughs> <No>. question. <laughs> um, I was my worries with the storm was either traveling or having to move to the city um, or traveling. And I don't like the idea of wanting to travel every day. Um, Again, like the the potential monotony of it all as well of just go to the school, do the thing, same thing and so on. Um, And the appeal of this was being my own boss, you know, having all those kind of challenges. Um, The fact that it was CrossFit as well. And I love that. So yeah, it was kind of a, and I, I feel I had to make the choice really quickly too. To flip one way or the other, um, and yeah, I think just that appeal of having my own thing and all that challenge, and which meant there's likely not to be much monotony, um, is probably what got me over the line. Yeah, I still think that you know what could have been if I did go that way. Yeah, mm. probably be still working for them because they're the the storm of especially are the kind of organisation that keeps their people. Like my friend who started working for them in oh, when he was. Just out of school, in that role, he's just worked his way up, and he's still there, and he just yep. loves it. So, yeah,
2: amazing, very good. <laughs> so when so um, Valor opened in
0: CrossFit Cranbourne? No, that's
2: it. CrossFit Cranbourne, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Opened.
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> Early 2013, like start of Feb 2013. We sort of signed off and signed up as an affiliate in 2012, late 2012.
2: And did you have a following before you opened the gym? Not out
0: here. Not really. I was still living in Mornington. Tim, who opened it with, was living in Mount Martha. Mm -hmm. So why Cranbourne? It was just the next area that you would move to, to like you would open up at. Like at that stage, there was a CrossFit in Rosebud, Mornington, Frankston. Then some Bayside. I think Mary Warren had just opened. There was nothing else around. And we're like, Cranbourne's the biggest growing area mm. and there is nothing around it, you'd be stupid not to go there. Like you could have gone, you know, to Hastings or somewhere like that, but yeah. it's not as big of a growth area. And it's funny, like it just so happened that like Tim and I fell into this by accident at the same time. So Court and I were thinking about doing it. And it's a funny story, but my, uh, me and a, and a good friend of mine who I grew up with school, um we were sort of thinking about doing it with court and his partner and stuff like that um but we kind of had a bit of a drunken blue and yeah I won't go into the depth of that story (laughs) but it didn't go down well and literally I woke up the next morning and went just was still felt horrible about what had happened it was just not a good fight and um I was like I need to register the business name before he does so, I woke up and registered the business name of CrossFit Cranbourne um, and maybe like a week later, I get a phone call from Tim and he's like, so, I see you're, you own the business name of CrossFit Cranbourne. Is that something that you're doing or pursuing? What's the go here? And then we caught up and he's, he was thinking about doing the same thing in this area. You oh. know, Tim's got his own stuff. Like, he's been a part of a plaster business and... Mm-hmm. All of that, but he was just interested in, he just loved CrossFit and the, you know, the the vibe it brings and like me, just the difference it is to a gym. So, we just caught up and chatted about it and um, yeah, it just so happened that because I registered the business name and then when he went to do it, he saw it was taken and he saw my name attached and he's like, well, I know you because we were at the same gym at that time. I used to actually live across the road from him in Mount Martha as well. So, yeah, we just knew each other sort of, he's, you know what, he's early, early mid-50s now. Um, he's a big kid. You'd think he's 30 <laughs> 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 how active he is. Um, but yeah he, yeah, he sort of called me up and we caught up and chatted about it. And even then, like I'm so dumb, in our first chat, it was me and Court just went over to his and he was pretty much saying like he's ready to go with it, he's got the money to do it. And I sort of had no money to get involved in it. Um, but I kind of misunderstood what he said and he sort of was like like, I'll go in – with this amount and if you can sort of meet me then like let's go um but what he was saying is i'll put the money into it and let's just figure that out later um let's just get on with it so then as i drove off court's like why did you sort of turn that down and i I explained my version of events and she's like no (laughs) she's like you're an idiot (laughs) call him back and then i called him back and he's like yeah yeah, no, no no this is what i want to do so we caught up again and then and then went for it and Pretty much that summer, he went and travelled with his kids across America and just said, here's the credit card for it. Um, Let's get it going. And so, I just set things up here while he was in America. At the time, the dollar was really good in the States too. So, he organised like a shipment of rogue gear, which some stuff we still have, um, which saved us a lot of money and it was some top quality stuff. But yeah, to buy that stuff now, like you'd be paying four or five times it. So Especially he brought through lockdown. Yeah. Like he was, he was <laughs> going to buy, like he does this crazy stuff. He buys, bought like motorbikes and cars and all sorts of cool shit from America and he just ships them back over and plays with them and then sells them off and all this. And it's just good timing. So we got all this road gear sent as well. Um, yeah. So it was me who really has no idea how to set up a gym, just <laughs> setting it You've up. Got to start from somewhere. And he's like, yep, yep, j- just pay it, just pay it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you rack up some gym debt and go for it.
2: And, like, from there, how did you find, when you opened your doors, how did you find the community came across? Like, was it quickly? Yeah. Flyers? Post boxes? Like, did you have to post? Like, how yeah. how did you build it from? We
0: didn't really know. Like, I hadn't done much marketing training before. I just, like, from the basics, you learn in uni and stuff like that. But, yeah, we did some flyers. Like, we kind of just tried, like, at that stage, like, Facebook and that was fairly big then. Mm-hmm. So, just a lot of Facebook and a lot of word of mouth, really, just relying on word of mouth. So, anyone in this area that was already like, oh, what's this CrossFit stuff? Kind of jumped on. And then they would tell a friend and tell a friend. And then it sort of built like that pretty mm-hmm. organically. Um, so, beyond some letter drops and that, and like there was no paid ads, there was nothing like that. It was just let's build it and very organic hope that they come. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And the members that came to were those kind of the original ones are mainly those keen bean ones that have been like, I've heard of this CrossFit thing. Mm. You know, 2013 was just sort of right on the edge of that boom that happened in Australia. Um, we were sort of just right at the very start or just before that really took off. Um, so there were some people in, in the know and you know, names like rich froening were going around and stuff like that. So it was starting to happen. Um, yeah, and then from there, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Love that. We figured shit out as we went along. As you do. Yeah. All the stars aligned. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there was a lot of just winging it and chance and stuff like that. Like especially, you know, buying this ABN and that and all this business name. That if I didn't do that, it might not happen. It might have just been Tim doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, cool. So, it started off with you and Tim and Court coaching. Is that right? Pretty
0: much, yeah. Yeah, me and Tim did the majority. Mm Court would just do a couple here and there. But yeah, a lot of them would be like, you know, there'd be one morning class, there'd be one or two evening classes and there'd be a mid-morning and we would just, yeah, for a while, like, I think Tim was working a lot. So, I would do every morning class Mm -hmm. and then we'd share the evening ones and then we'd share sort of the midday ones. I'd probably do some of them as well. But again, we were still, I was still living in Mornington. He was living in Mount Martha, so traveling back and forth. Mm. Um, I was trying to do other work on the side to supplement that. So I was doing like cabinetry down in Dramana as well. So oh. yeah, it was just driving back and forth and all around, just trying to really just hustle for it. Um, yeah, and Court would do a little bit here and there, but she was she was building her hair business as well at that time, which was earning way more money than <laughs> this was earning. <laughs> so what she was doing was keeping us alive really yeah. at home. Yeah so if we didn't have that yeah bringing on the bacon yeah definitely good on you gal she's done that for most of the time oh. <laughs> she, she struggles with that right now like we're in lockdown and the gym can sort of you know hum along okay and get the support it needs and, and like to have, be able to you know have our members still with us into some you know small degree can help and keep it going whereas like she's just in the salon it's just stopped so yeah, yeah it frustrates her a bit
1: how did you, uh, back in the early days, I know through experiences through a whole lot of gyms and things, you get a whole lot of different personalities coming in, and if you're coming from a, I guess, a background of, um, you've done some coaching and you've done some floor walking, but you've never had, like, a core, am I right in saying you've never had a core group of people that you see day in, day out?
0: Yeah, apart from, like, our boot camp groups, yeah, where you see them twice a week, every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you mean like dealing with different, different. characters and, and all that? Yeah. And yeah. in the early days, you'd get that a lot. And in the early days, I was very much like a people pleaser too. Like my biggest flaw was probably trying to be the people pleaser, trying to make everyone happy. So, if you've got a real like hardcore CrossFit, CrossFit person in, like you'd kind of just, you kind of want to support that and let them be hardcore CrossFit people. And then you've got like a, you know, a shy mum in. And then you've got someone that's overweight And then you've got a big ego and I would sort of try just make them all happy um, rather than kind of set a standard of behavior that everyone can meet um, to make everybody in the place feel comfortable. So that was definitely a challenge in the beginning and it was very exhausting, like Mm. between traveling back and forth and all that, um, even at the time, like court fell pregnant during that first year. So we had half a by the end of the year. So was a lot like there was a lot going on and so then trying to please everyone trying to bring in money so the place survives and that um yeah it was sort of coming from all directions and it was a lot of just winging it like i had the the knowledge of how to coach people and how to run a room and how to you know generally coach people um but beyond that a lot of it was just figuring out as we're going
2: Good, I love that. <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> That's good. Um, oh, I loved that question. That was a really good one, Dazzle. Well done. Oh, thanks, Kevin. And then I wanted to like expand on that, but then I'm like nodding at Stu, like, yeah,
0: yeah. <gasps> oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. The hardest <laughs> thing about like podcasting is like you want to like ask good follow up questions, and things spark you, mm. but you also need to listen to what they're saying at the yeah. same time. <laughs> so then sometimes you lose the follow up question. It's tough. And then you kind of get to this point where you're like, oh. What was it? You just annoyed, or you get absorbed in what they're saying. And you're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah.
2: Was there like, um, <laughs> I suppose, this one might do. Was there a time where you had, oh, how do I put it into words? I'm very good at this. Wanting to say something, but I can't. Was there a time when you had a, like, the community just like came together like when did that happen because everyone here we all get along so well like and that was the main reason why, why I joined because everyone was just so nice
0: yeah that like, like it was always something from the start and i think tim especially his kind of the person that he is is very like giving and caring and like really just comes naturally to him to just give people compliments and tell them that I did was great and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I was pretty good at that but he was better for sure in the beginning and then he would be the one, the, the initiator of trying to start some sort of events and then he started organising these like rural camps because him and a mate had a house, you know, out near Mount Buller and he's like, oh, let's do a camp and stuff like that. So yeah, cool. he was probably the main person. I was like, I just need to steer this shit and mm-hmm. just like <laughs> make sure memberships are working, make sure classes are fun and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then he would sort of bring in all this really cool element, this cool community element Um the way that the community is right now, it wasn't always like that. That That's built definitely over time. A lot mm-hmm. of the basics of that, that, you know, being kind to each other and being accepting of one another and tolerant and um, giving each other, you know, kindness and gratitude and, you know, all that, that was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the, you know, like, especially me, my, this floor of wanting to make everyone happy, um, definitely allowed the, the poorer behavior of communities like, like cliques and things like that to Mm -hmm. happen, which is so hard in any community. Did you you have,
2: did you have a struggle with that? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's been times where we've had some cliques. They're all good people. And I like the way I view cliques is most cliques don't intend to be, you know, toxic or Mm. cause problems or be nasty to other people. They're usually just a group of friends that kind of get together and get along really well and, but also get their way, and then start to feel like become entitled with their way and how things are run, because you've given that free run. Like you maybe not set up the boundaries for that. Mm-hmm. So then people do start to get to a stage where yeah, they're very entitled, and start so to say, well, we're deserving of this, we're deserving of more. Why haven't you got this and things like that? Or you know that sort of behaviour happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Darren's been to a few CrossFit gyms now, and. Been even, around, you? Even, yeah. Even even
1: outside of CrossFit, you hang around any sporting club, or I'm guessing any other club as well, for long enough, and you call it internal politics, but it eventuates mm-hmm. everywhere. And I think, well, f- from what I've seen here, there. I'm not saying there hasn't been that, but f- from what I've seen here since I've been here, there isn't that. And I think um, what probably helps with that is that that real community and across a lot of Crossfits as well is that real community feel where everyone sort of supports each other yeah mm-hmm. um, I
2: feel like some of that really comes from like the games athletes too yeah you watch yeah. the you watch the CrossFit games and you see like they've got their game faces, but as soon as they're finished, yeah. they're congratulating each other. CrossFit it's
0: just definitely beautiful. kicked off right from the start. Mm. A lot of the focus of CrossFit was community and mm-hmm. being Sport. supportive of everybody, whether you're big, small, old, young, whatever. Yeah. And that has always shone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what has helped every CrossFit gym to have some sort of base of that. Um, but yeah, most gyms at some point will have that stage where, whether it's the the real competitor dudes get carried away or or this particular social group, very dominating social group gets carried away or Mm. something. It'll happen along the way. Um, And it's due to a lack of boundaries or due to like me or whoever the owner or manager is, their fear of saying no to some things or just not, like I said before, that setting that standard of behavior. Mm -hmm. It's really like, it's vital to us. It's like, that's number one. And as you probably know now, the way it is now is that standard of behavior is to always be open and caring and kind and accepting of every single person, to get around to every person and say hello, to do fist bumps and stuff like that um, to every person. Even just like the fist bump thing is so big, you think it's nothing and you're like, oh, everyone gets fist bumps. Mm-hmm. But it means that everyone interacts with everyone mm-hmm. at least once in the class. Mm-hmm. And often you'll stop at someone and then you'll chat about the workout or Mm. something. And it could be someone different that you've not chatted to before. Mm. Or a different group will sort of form just because of that fist bump. And then you've built connection with another person. And then it just builds from there. And people probably don't know, but we built this system a couple of years ago. We kind of, this is me reading books and stuff like that. I read a bunch of books on how to run business better and stuff like that. And there was one that was called um, Clockwork by Mike McCullough. So if you've got a small business, read Clockwork. And he talks about what's called your queen B-roll, which is like, what's, if everything goes to shit in your business, what's the one thing that you need to protect to keep the place sort of going and operating? And I identified that as care. So when, if everything, like really good example, COVID, (laughs) when everything goes to shit, I'm so glad I learned this before COVID. I was like, what's the one thing that we can do? So we can't, train people in the gym we can't you know teach people to move in the gym and all these sort of things all these things are taken away I'm like what can we do we can show care and if we can show care then everyone will feel cared for and then everyone also hopefully will also show care to people beyond that because we've got other systems in place that are involved in that so by having this system of care we sort of our coaches and stuff get together and like well what does that look like how can we action care in the gym And so we write like this checklist that we check off every week or every day and it's like, let's show care. So what did you do that was care? Did you fist bump everyone? Yep. Did you get around to two or three members minimum and ask them about something that was not CrossFit related about their life? Um, Did you make sure you corrected movement for everybody at least twice in the session? did you do this? And there's about 10 different things and oh. every, we were doing every day. Now we do it every week, but we reflect and stuff and mm-hmm. reach and touch base with each other about it. Um, but it's all about, it's obviously it helps our coaching, make sure that we're coaching you guys well, but above all it's about care. And then above all that, it's about, it makes the community better and makes sure that the community is looking out for each other and being like that. And yet yeah, you see it now, like, The old lady is chatting to the fit buff 22-year-old. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And then the fit buff 22-year-old's chatting to the pregnant mum and the pregnant mum's chatting to this. And it's just like that all the time. I love it. And yeah, I've not ever experienced anything like that. Mm. Um, It's obviously definitely the thing I'm most proud of about this place and it makes you feel so safe and comfortable here and to get that feedback from people when they do come here that they or when they first come here they feel oh they're like fuck I felt so welcome and people said hey to me straight away and stuff like that and just to know that that's like a safe space even in COVID when we can just you know when we are allowed to you know meet at the track there's that same feel that you get there Mm. or when you guys catch up for a walk and a coffee or whatever or even if we're on Zoom it's the same feel Um, yeah all of that's intentional
2: (laughs) I feel like people who don't like, I've had so many people reach out to me from back home, especially since I did my video. They're like, oh, you do CrossFit. I'm like, yeah, like, it's great. And they're like, oh, I've always wanted to do it, but it looks scary. And I'm like, yeah, it does look scary because it's different. It's something that you've never done before. Oh, but the people, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, the gym that we're at, like, this is something else. But the whole community is, like, just amazing. Yeah. So, like that and that was my thing like i was just like give it a go i got a friend who's just moved to adelaide and i from the uk and she's like oh i really want to try crossfit because of you mm. and i'm like do it do it <laughs> yeah that's yeah i think
0: one of the other i think reasons that we do push that like the main reason is because it feels good and everyone's happy mm. and all that but when it comes to the gyms and the fitness industry and everything like a lot of it can feel a lot the same for a lot of people like you can go to f45 you can go to Whatever else, you're doing something similar, different, whatever, and what you want, you might want more coaching, so you'll go to a CrossFit, or you might just want to get a sweat on, so you go to that one. But it's, it's, and there's not much, not too much point of difference, really. So what I thought was like, what's a massive point of difference that you can get? And a massive point of difference is just a fucking kick ass community. Mm. Um, so we just go hard on that. On that, and points of
1: difference, uh, the moving from. And Carolyn's got this as one of your questions, so I'm going to steal the moving from CrossFit Cranbourne to Vella.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, what's I'm that? I'm so happen? glad we did that. I'm, I was shacked myself when we did do that because you worry, again, you worry what people are going to think and things like that. Because
2: um, when I was looking at Gyms, like CrossFit Gyms, it was like CrossFit Cranbourne. And then I got put through onto the Valor, um page, like for an inquiry thing, and I was like, oh. Okay, what's this yeah. about? Yeah, like... we still have
0: both names and page mm. names and we're still affiliated um, because we love CrossFit. We still love all that. Um, I guess we did it also at a time, it was at a time when the CEO at the time, Greg Glassman, was doing some dumb stuff. Um, that wasn't the reason we did it. I was already planning all of that anyway. Um, I think I thought about it for a while um, and it was actually in a podcast, a Raise It By Radio podcast that we did Um we spoke to Jason Kalipa, who is, anyone in CrossFit knows that he's like, God, he's won 2009 CrossFit Games. So one of the first CrossFit Games. He's one of the um, first CrossFit affiliated gyms to break away the the affiliate name and build his own brand around it um, really successfully. And in this podcast with him, he sort of said like, he loves it and he still loves all that it is, but he kind of felt like he couldn't truly identify his business as his own and himself if he was attached to that name. Um, And that just clicked with me quite a lot. I was like, yeah, I've got this CrossFit gym. I get a lot of people inquiring with the pain point of oh, it's a bit hardcore or I see it's a bit crazy or people get injured and things like that. And no matter what you try to say to persuade people otherwise, a lot of people have that fixed in their brain because they've watched CrossFit Games or heard friends Mm -hmm. talk about it or whatever. So I'm like, if I change the name, that might go away. But then from what um, Jason Kalipa said was, you you can have complete control of how people perceive your brand. I was like, well... Yeah, so it's not just that, it's everything. I can make – CrossFit Cranbourne sounds great, but even when you think about that right now, CrossFit Cranbourne, you're like CrossFit. Like it's a CrossFit gym, (laughs) you know, fucking rope climbing and snatches and, (laughs) you know, chalk dust and all that shit, which is cool. (laughs) But I think at the same time we're realising the way I am as a person, I'm not the grungy CrossFit person. The kind of people we're trying to appeal to were not the competitive, overly competitive people that would go to – a super competitive gym like an underway or a frankston or whatever so i was like the kind of people that we want want crossfit but not the grungy stuff not the hardcore stuff they want to feel comfortable and welcomed and a part of it um once again it'll help give us that point of difference um, from everybody else will look a little bit different it's not you know when people look at what crossfit gym to join they're comparing the crossfit gyms Oh, this one's got this and this one's got this equipment or this one's in this location, whatever. Everyone's got different reasons they want to come. If I call it Valor and give it its own kind of rules and branding and perception, then it will just attract exactly the kind of people that I want, which is you people. People that want to do a really fun type of exercise, you know, hobby while they've still got kids and a full-time job and things like that or they want to do it because it supports their sport or whatever, you know, it's it's not the everything like across, you know, an, an elite athlete that would train hardcore at Frankston because mm-hmm. um, that is like their everything but they have to sacrifice kids and job and all that sort of stuff to do it or a lot of them try will do mm-hmm. um, whereas here I'm like we just want mums and dads and, you know, couples and people like that to just, have this as their third place Mm -hmm. just that kind of extra place their hobby yeah and often when you sort of leave your 20s you stop playing rugby and you stop playing footy and cricket and stuff like that and then you're like what do I do and like I know if you know when I stopped footy and if CrossFit wasn't around the thought of just doing a gym and going to a gym wouldn't appeal to me um and so obviously CrossFit's there for me I would be fine training at a hardcore CrossFit gym. That would be fine as well. I wouldn't probably get into it that hardcore either. I'm not really about beating my chest and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I sort of tried to identify what would I want out of CrossFit workouts, but what kind of atmosphere do I want around that? And by changing the name and creating all that, that's, yeah, that's what we got.
2: Where did the name Valor come from?
0: That was hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, choosing a name is extremely hard. Like It wants to be catchy. It wants to be interesting. I don't want it too long. Um, searching through Greek names and all sorts of shit. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think you sort of tried to look at the values of the gym um, and what we stand for and, you know, how we want to identify and things like that. And I know that, and i'd been writing a blog for a long time about supposed to be about fitness but it just ended up being a lot of like mind stuff like mental health stuff and perception on you know life or you know like we talked about in jared in, in darren's episode about you know finding balance in your life and all that sort of stuff that's sort of what it started going down and then i started to realize i'm like well the gym's a little bit more than just the fitness part for a lot of people like it's a place to mentally you know wind down it's a place to find social connection it's a place just to be healthy it's you know and i don't like the idea of going to the gym with the pure mindset that i'm doing this to lose weight or i'm doing this to build my biceps like that doesn't appeal to me like i think the building the biceps and the fat loss is kind of the byproduct if all other all your other sort of what's it ducks are in a row? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> <laughs> sure. if all your other, if you, if you if you know, your home life is good and your work life is good and your mental health is good and your food's pretty good then, and then you sort of come into training regularly, then all of that kind of lines up. Um, that's sort of what I kind of wanted. And that's how I sort of played with the name. So Valor, Valor is actually like a, originally like a kind of a military term for courage. Um, so, it doesn't sound like it fits that well. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just think it's a—it's just a it looks good. The word looks good. It's yeah. a nice word. Um, but I just thought, how can I sort of use that word courage? I think the word courage is really important. Um, it takes a lot of courage to overcome whatever you're battling. So, if you're battling weight loss issues, which is usually because of, you know, a history of trauma or a job that you hate or... Relationship issues. There's some other reason for that. So to you know show up to a gym overweight takes a lot of courage. To face all those other mental demons you might be having to lose weight takes a lot of courage. Um, You know everything that you sort of want to achieve, you know to achieve a more happy, wholesome life. Don't like that word wholesome, but (laughs) (laughs) it's overused. But if you want to achieve a more happy and wholesome life, you often have to face your shame. You have to face your demons. You have to face all these things. Uh, and in order to, the fa- to face them It takes a lot of courage So that, And then I was like Well oh, that's perfect Yeah And that's how it came up With Valor
2: Great That's a really good I love that story behind it Gives it more meaning hey? Yeah No it really does <laughs> I was like Is it Valor Am I am I joining valor? <laughs> valor? <laughs> yeah, people do
0: mispronounce it a bit. I mispronounce um, it, a and bit. I think the Australian English is O U R, but that doesn't look very good. So, mm, okay. yeah, yeah. So I know it's we've kind of taken it away from that, you know, medal of valor military kind of term, um, but I still think it applies, especially when you're just trying to talk about courage. I think yeah, when anyone wants to really improve their life um you have to face some scary stuff and i know like i said i don't want us to identify as just a gym that does lifting weights and running and that Mm. because that's only one part of it and i think gyms and the fitness industry promises full-time happiness for everybody like you come to our gym and your life will be so good because we made you skinny, like that. It's like, well, that's one part of the problem. You know, what happens? What? What about the rest of it? What can mm. we do with all of it to help you be happier? And so, by helping social connection, and by helping people develop a better relationship with food, like so, not the perfect diet as people try advertise now. What's a good relationship with food? And what's your mental health look like? And you know, how can we have conversations about that? All of that is going to take some obstacles and hurdles to overcome and that's going to take courage.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Touching on obstacles and hurdles, segue, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, COVID, we're living through it now, impact on you. Um, I know and as with everyone there's been moments I'm sure when it's really got to you um, and what sort of got you through that and I guess from a gym point of view, from a valor point of view, you're the head of, you're the person that a lot of people look towards to say, how's you dealing with it? Mm. As to how I can react, particularly with the training. Um, how does that? Where
0: do you sit with that? No, you made it sound like there's a lot more on my shoulders than I <laughs> <Yeah>. realised. <laughs> you know what? Like I think you're you're right. There is. I don't think you always realise what kind of position, like, leadership position you're in. Sometimes you can just stay ignorant to it and carry on. But, but, you know, I think a lot of, like, the values, like, we have them in the gym here, like, integrity, community, hardness and that Queen Bee role of care and stuff, by having those identified, it definitely, like, I just go back to those things. And I'm like, well, if I'm doing those things and we're doing those things then I can't do anything else beyond that. Like, I think definitely, and I was saying this to Carmen before we went on, focusing so hard on what I can control and just letting go of what I can't control and just accepting that, um, it's not always easy. Like we can't always achieve that. I think might've been in that June lockdown, May, June lockdown where it's extended. I was installing kitchens at Courts Family, and I think I don't yeah, I think it was extended. The government weren't helping anyone to financially mm, very much yeah. at that time either. Um and I did a video and I think everyone could quite very I remember the video. <laughs> yeah, honestly I remember tell that, that I was pretty mm. broken up about it. Um which I think probably was a good thing in the end anyway for people to see that I'm not some made of steel person. <laughs> like you know, you can't talk about courage and being vulnerable without maybe showing journey, it here yeah. and there. Um Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, and that was probably a point where I was worried about what I couldn't control um, a little bit, especially when it came to finances because they weren't helping us. Um, And you try not to worry about that side. You're like, oh, it's just the money. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, it could definitely get you. Yeah, focusing so much on what I can control, focusing on our values and the things that we can do to help people and then just having to let go and accept that that's all you can do for people. And if you can just do that as hard as you can, then that, I guess, is good leadership. Um, I definitely think that putting on a brave face, not just a smiling face, is probably important. If you put on a smiling face, but you know you're crushed on the inside, um, might not work. I think it's probably important to be vulnerable and honest as well and say, hey, this is hard. I think leaning in from that side of empathy is really important to sort of, um, not just say, Hey, this sucks. And uh, it's sad that you're sitting in a pit of shit at the moment. It's probably more important to sit in the pit of shit with someone and just sit there together for a bit. Mm. But then from that leadership role is like, okay, we've sat in that shit. Let's get out of it together and let's, let's roll on. Um, I guess, yeah, in terms of your leadership side of that question, that's probably what I tried to do. In terms of how we tried to manage it all, um, yeah, in the beginning, I think everyone, there was just chaos, just guessing what to do, really. Um, And like you guys know with memberships, like there's a question, do you drop memberships? Do you pause everyone's membership? Like what do you do? If you pause everyone's membership, you've got no income. You've got to try to pay bills and rent. And this is before they told you if there was support or not. If you keep the membership price the same, people are going to suspend because a lot of people are losing their jobs and things like that at that Mm. point. Um, So I decided that maybe what we could do is just put the price down for everybody, give equipment and give as much help as we can. And just, especially at that early stage, just hope, Mm. hope that Mm. that that works. Um, And even that decision was based off that care rule. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm giving care if I'm making you all pay the same because the service we're giving is not equal to the service or the the price that we're charging, yeah? The service that we give in the gym, you know, that's when it's equal. But when we can't do that, then I couldn't justify that. So let's just drop it and let's just try our freaking hardest and hope that it works. And luckily it worked. And I think what was amazing as well is having a good community and a supportive community and people that do see this as their third place and are very emotionally and socially invested in this place you guys didn 't want to see this place fall down either, so I guess us helping out by just dropping the feed to something that you guys can be like sweet we can help with that mm. and then that helps keep you guys engaged keeps you guys involved with each other as well meant that you know by having you guys all invested in the place meant that you know everyone stayed with us. Um, and kept us alive which reassured us that what we're doing is right and helping you all and then it also kind of meant that your third place didn't disappear Um, and I think during COVID when you start to realise how important it is to have that third place when everything's gone like you've got your household for some people that's good you've got your your wife and kids or whatever some people got no one it's just them Um, and so then this place becomes really important so just to know, like you've probably got your other friends in that as well and it's like your second place or even your workplace might be. But even like that was taken away quite a bit. So to know that you can be on the members group page and chat or you can meet up with someone, a member and go for a walk or go to the track or whatever and have Friday night drinks or whatever else um, was really important. Um, and if we couldn't, and it was like, well we need to be able to deliver that side of it somehow Um, and we know that, or we think that everyone will want to stay on board on that because that we know that will help them once again, beyond the fitness side of a gym, the mental side and all that, that's going to help people continue to achieve that, you know, happiness and wholesomeness that they're after. Mm.
1: There's that word. (laughs) There's (laughs) that word. I I
0: usually have a better word for it and it's lost me. So wholesome is what you get. (laughs) I feel
2: like, um, so I joined in December last year
0: 2020 between lockdowns yeah just no af- it wasn't it
2: was just after just the, after the, big, the big second one. long one yeah, yeah yeah and during that whole like the whole of last year it was so hard and I found like don't get me wrong there's a lot of things that are different this year and the different lockdowns but having this community has helped so much everyone's supporting everyone you get people checking up on you constantly like it's just so good
0: yeah it's it so is nice, nice just to get a message from someone yeah and I get a here and there too which is really cool just the members like hey like how are you guys doing
2: i remember doing a weekly check in um a couple last lockdown and i like tried to turn it to you yeah and i was like how are you Stu?" <laughs> you're like i'm all right yeah which is really cool <laughs>
0: it's cool to get that um yeah i couldn't i think i said it on i think maybe it was me and darren chat or someone one of the previous episodes like how hard it would be for someone that doesn't have a third place like yeah. a sporting club or a gym or something that's got that group that we'd be super lonely um i could bang on about all sorts of stuff to do with mental health and stuff like that and especially in this period right now we talk about like you know the the mental health services are smashed like they're Mm -hmm. overrun like there's something we can do and to me it sounds like there's a lot of just lack of knowledge in general about what we can do about mental health and um and a lot of it is to do with just losing connection in many ways and we've lost our connection to work lost our connection to family lost our connection like social connection you know all those so when all those connections drop away loneliness steps up you know depression anxiety and those things step up um so i wish there was something that the government did or the mental health messages out there were able to push I don't maybe they are I don't know but if they pushed so much harder about the importance of maintaining connection or finding connection with people Mm. it wouldn't fix everything but I think it would definitely help in some way a lot of those people that are lonely like if there was just a government message that was like you know your bubble mate if they push that more if you like your bubble mate that's living by themselves Mm. have you checked in on them today if that post if that come up on a TV ad I'd be fucking stoked have you checked in on your bubble mate today how are they doing and That would could make a massive difference because I feel like sometimes you feel that you're in a mental health crisis, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're just a bit lonely. Yeah. You know, or maybe you just feel like a, a bit of connections lacking, and maybe all it takes is just that connection of mm-hmm. someone to say to just message in and say oh, how are you doing, or like what's been going on, and or have a chat, or let's go for a walk and have a coffee, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, maybe you might not be in a mental health crisis. Maybe you were just a bit sad. And that's okay. It's okay to be sad in that. But I feel like, yeah, a little bit more of that messaging about connection could be huge for people right now.
2: Yeah, it would be massive. 100%. It does help. Helps yeah. massively. Huge. Yeah. Um, okay, so how did you... Something that I've been meaning to ask is um, the other coaches. How did... Christy come into it, True. Yeah. So uh, pretty much all of our from?
0: coaches are like inwardly built. Members. <laughs> 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 yeah. We don't, they're all there. Yeah, they start off as members, most of them, pretty much all of them. Yeah. Cause oh. yeah, we don't seek outward very often. I think we might have like once in the past, but pretty much it's way to, in my view, it's way better to get people that are in the place already, whether they are already trainers or whatever. Um, or people would just fall in love with the whole thing because um, they already know how your community works and how your systems work and that, and then they already know all the people and like again the community and the connection and the care and all that. They already know how that works, and then they can just learn the the coaching bit of that after, and that can just be really fun. Yeah. So Truman was a member that started mid late in the very first year, oh. um, and just trained and trained and trained and I think he went away for a little bit and then came back and then trained and trained and got super fit and healthy. And then we did um like a, just like a gym coaching thing, really like a, you know, if you want to learn more about coaching CrossFit or coaching in a gym or whatever, we did a mentoring thing. And he jumped into that and like straight away through that, I just identified him as being awesome at it. Like he was very good at seeing movement and coaching movement and stuff like that. And then he already had that personal, personable side with people, just got along with people so well. Like he turned this place from a mix of high fives and fist bumps to fist bumps. (laughs) He's the reason that it's all fist bumps, not an awkward mix. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cabbages. Yeah. And then he just did his level one and yeah, read. did that. And then he always did lots of extra, like he would read more and watch more YouTube videos and all sorts of stuff. And he was just so invested in it. So, and he just loved it um christy was already a pt and working at a different gym but uh, her husband matt was first training here and then she came and started training here um and then she also did do that um that first mentoring course that true was in um and then through that she was really good and then i got her involved firstly in just like the back end system side of stuff to help me take some sort of pressure off that um who have we got? George. George started like week one. CrossFit Cranbourne opened. George was here training. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was already doing CrossFit at Casey Race where he still works Um and we've always just had him just casually. Um,
2: George is one of the first people that I met when I came to yeah. Australia. Oh yeah? Yeah, he was at a different gym yeah. when I started somewhere else that my partner was training at Yeah, and I've followed, I've literally followed George. Yeah. I've gone to, this is the third gym that He's here and I'm here. Yeah. so He's the best.
0: Sh- yeah. It's funny that. <laughs> he's the best. He's, he's, <laughs> his methods. He, he's the only one that gets away with kind of like veering off our structure. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're like,
0: <laughs> but then everyone knows that that's George. So you'll get that from George. Mm. But the good thing is he shows care and he shows all those things that we need to be shown. So I'm like, all right, I'll let you just... <laughs> Change the warm-up if you want. Do, do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. So, yeah, he gets that little bit of free reign. Um, Ryan, we did another. Shannon ran a mentoring program, a different one of it. Um, and he jumped on board that. And he did excellent in that as well. And he's, you know, a tradie on the side and all that. and But, yeah, he just jumped in and loved it and was great at it. So, yeah, same thing. All of our people, we just build them in here. It's the best way to go.
2: And I love it because the... The girls that I chat to my six AM girls. They um they go on about other previous um previous coaches. Well you never met
0: Shannon, yeah. Never met
2: Shannon. Um yeah. but I know about Shannon. Yeah. Um Ashley. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot about Ashley. Yeah. Um they've they talk about Tim a lot too. Yeah. So and they just like big them up and I'm like, I wanna meet these people. <laughs> 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 they sound so good. Yeah, and
0: they're all great. Like Shannon was the same. She started training maybe second year in or third year in or something like that I think second year in and just loved it and lived and breathed it and yeah and it was again it was just no brainer like we're gonna get her in here and then she just excelled and then she bloody moved away Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but yeah same thing Ash also started within like the first couple of weeks here but she was already doing CrossFit Frankston then she uh, lived closer to here, so was training here, and then she nicked off overseas and was living in Spain for a couple of years and stuff like that. And then when she came back, she just it was like perfect timing when she came back to start jumping back in and coaching as well. So yeah. Very good. We keep our people. It. Yeah. The same thing, like I guess the care rule as well, that goes for our coaches as well. Like we you know, Darren talked about just being a number in his obviously it's a bigger Mm. corporate kind of structure um and this is a smaller thing but that kind of give first attitude's really important i think for any i don't know gym owners that are listening like (laughs) you don't take from your your coach's pockets like when it comes to say like your, your pt if they get pt on the side we don't take a cent we take what's needed to pay tax they take the rest because you know the gym's mainstream of income is you know gym memberships and if you want good coaches to stay you want them to earn proper money from their pt and i think taking a commission from that is not cool you know you earn from the the membership your income you know the the income that a gym coach earns is often not enough to sustain their full-time job you know it's pretty damn hard so you know that's why Truman does a bit of work on the side and Ryan does work on the side and stuff like that. But so when it comes to a PT, it's, they're going to be a far happier staff member if we can be like, take it all. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to want to own it more and yeah, things like that. So any business just care for your staff. Yeah. And then you get to keep them. <laughs> yeah. You get to keep the good ones. Yeah.
2: I love that. Got that in working for a coming over here and working just for like a big couple companies starting off and you just you're not enjoying it and then when you work for these smaller businesses yeah you enjoy it so much more
0: yeah like, absolutely
2: you really do they do you you, you take care of them yeah like, when and you feel what,
0: like you're being cared for yeah. and cared about you want to stay and you when you do feel like that yeah they appreciate what you're doing in their business it's yeah you keep the good ones yeah, yeah. and then when PTs, it's like, you know, a lot of PTs start in the 24-hour gyms and and they cycle through people. One, either they drop out because it's too hard or the good ones, they go. Like, they find a better way because those 24-hour systems, you pay either a rent to be a PT or they take massive commission to be a PT. So, you work outrageous hours just to make ends meet. Mm. So, eventually, they just bugger off and do their own thing where they can earn what they deserve, Yeah. And just on that, we've also got, like,
1: you've got Temmy cleaning, you've got all the girls that do the daycare. Yeah, it's and similar. they're all, they're and so all members. Yeah. All members. Yeah, I'd rather so find
0: people here that need work. I guess it goes to community stuff again. It's like, well, if you need some work or whatever, um, and we can give it to you, I'd rather give it to you than find someone else outside the place that doesn't know the place or whatever. Mm. So it's good and, like, like, couldn't speak highly enough of Tammy. I know you listen, Tammy. <laughs> I'm just going to get shy. Of it. We love you, Tam. Oh, like she goes. I just walked in here and we had our fire hydrant moved. So one of the the placard that stuck to the wall left a big grubby mark there. she sanded it down. She's painted over it, and I've just noticed she's repainted the whole wall. Oh my god! Oh like, really? <laughs> Oh yeah. I can just tell. I've just gone. I'm like. Fuckers done the whole wall because it looks oh, pristine. It bless. looks that like so any mark because paint flicks off and that.
2: I'm not surprised though. She really does put yeah. like 110 percent into everything. And
0: it's funny. I just thought that the other day when I wandered in here, it looks really clean. I was like, oh, that wall. It's looking like it's a little bit tired. Not now. Not now. <laughs> it's Perfect.
2: Oh Blair.
0: Oh, you don't get good people like that when you just bring them in out of anywhere like cause yeah. she's a part of the place and mm. knows how we do things and knows that we're all about care and giving then you just get it
2: she is a top caregiver. if i give you yeah, that
0: fucking lucky yeah. absolute
2: diamond all of them are all of them are
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so good same with the mums the mums this yeah. is the best yeah yeah like disclaimer you must be moldy if you're not if you're not (laughs) Kiwi then you can't have the job (laughs) damn (laughs) so anyone like if you're British yeah yeah. (laughs) nah sorry (laughs) nah so I was you have to be gotta grind harder
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, okay I've got a couple questions to finish off but have you got Many more, Darren.
0: No, I was, I was just going to leave it sort of... Well, you go and then... Um, what was that big question? Before we went, you said there was a big question where I was just going to go on forever about it. Mm. I think that was the first one we asked. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did go on <laughs> about Two about it, yeah. hours ago. <laughs> I could have... Do you know what? I tried to hold back and I think I did. I could have gone way more. But uh, people don't need to hear all that. No. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: what is your coaching philosophy that got you where you are today?
0: Um, I don't know if I have like a proper coaching philosophy. Um, it's probably, I don't know where it came from, but I've always had a very empathetic mind. I think my mum always told me to put myself in other people's shoes forever. So thanks mum. Um, yeah. So. I think that's what I've always tried to reach people from is trying mm-hmm. to get an understanding of them, where they've come from, about what they could be going through. And even if you don't know what they're coming from or where they're going for it through, be from the, come from the understanding and the impression that um, they could be coming from anywhere. So if someone's had a really shit day, just first try find it, like try be aware, like pick up on social cues and stuff. Um, but just don't act in ways that would really upset someone, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) whether they've had a good day or not. Mm. Like don't go to those extremes. Yeah. Mm. You know, just, just be a good person and come from that side of empathy. I think, yeah. Mm. Be aware that everyone's different the way everyone views and sees and does. Everything is different, especially in a CrossFit gym where we're doing Olympic lifting and gymnastics and things like that. Mm. Some people just, yeah, let's do it. And some people are like, fuck, this is scary. Mm. And just from the, from the beginning, don't come in and assume that they all think it's scary. Don't come in and assume that they all think it's hardcore. Come in from just that ground that you're ready for however they're going to take it. Mm. Like be aware that it could go any direction and try not to prejudge people as well. Like if a macho bloke comes in and looks like he's going to go ball it like just nuts and not listen and all that. And he ends up being this guy who asks a million questions and is actually quite self-conscious. If you come in thinking that that's going to be what they're going to be like mm. and you're completely wrong, then you get caught off guard and you look a bit stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so. judge a book by its cover. No, just mm. ask questions, yourself, listen, yeah. find out. Yeah.
2: Put yourself in them shoes, love that. Um, and this is my last question. Have you got any more, no, all good?
1: No, unless you're closing it off. <laughs> um
2: what is or what was your ultimate goal? What is your what does the future hold for yourself and what else have you want do you want to achieve?
0: Um you're still
2: very young.
0: Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I got glasses this year, so Court likes to talk, tell me I'm old about that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not an old thing. It's called stigmatism. Apparently, it doesn't yes. mean you're old. Phil, yeah. <laughs> 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 not an age thing. I've
2: been wearing them since I was 10. Yeah. God. They told me
0: that. That it wasn't an age thing. and She still says. Nah. Um, <laughs> I love that. I think my, like, perceptions of, like, success and things like that has changed a lot as you grow up and get older and wiser. <laughs> as you read more books and listen to more people and pay attention to more things um it changes like in the beginning like when you're really young like you want to i don't know whether it's make a lot of money or be really known well known for doing something or whatever and very quickly like your ego can pull you that way if you want be like oh fuck, how good it'll be to be known as the crossfit coach whose athlete went to the games or whatever but they don't really give you like the lasting satisfaction that I think other things give you so I don't know as far as this place is like I feel like it's super successful Mm. like financially whatever it's paying the bills like it's I can put food on the plate and stuff like that I'm lucky I've got a wife who's a really good hairdresser (laughs) and pays for our holidays Um, (laughs) so but if I tried to define it off financial success and that was all I relied on then I'd probably be a more stressed person a less happy person and all those sorts of things but Again, let's go back, like, the care and the community and that, like, that, from my view, is really, really awesome and it's really, really successful. So, then, in terms of running a business here, this gym, it's a success and I'm very, very happy with it and very proud of it. even, like, you know, Darren asked about COVID during this, I think the way we've somehow been able to navigate through this and see the community still there, like, I'm very proud of how we've managed to navigate this because... Yeah, like this has been hard. It's been hard for everyone, but like this place doesn't seem to be just. It's not just floating along like it's fucking still charging, which is pretty cool. It's buzzing. We're all yeah, we're all up and down at different times. Mm -hmm. It's weird that I said to you before this. Like some days you're like, "Hey, I'm good, I'm great," and then the next day you're a bit. Mm. I've never felt that before Mm. ever until COVID. And I imagine that must be something similar to what, like, depression and that feels like and bipolar feels like. Could be nothing like that. I don't know. But I've never felt anything close to that before until COVID. Like, today, this morning, I was a bit, I think it's probably because they said (laughs) lockdown extended Mm. indefinitely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh. Uh, 2023. Um, But, yeah, sorry. Back to your question. Yeah. In terms of that, (laughs) yeah. I don't know where else I can take this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also don't care. I think COVID's taught me and a lot of people that you don't always have to grow. Yeah. Capitalism tells us that we have to grow. But COVID's taught us like, why? <laughs> Let's just ask that question, I think. Like, why do you have to grow?
2: So to answer that question, it's like, you're happy where you are. I'm happy where I am. Yeah. You've achieved what you've probably yeah. dreamt yeah. of achieving. And and-
0: yeah. It would be sad if it was all completely taken away right now. Mm-hmm. But if it was taken away right now, I'd be like, fuck, that was pretty good. Like, that was a good ride. We've achieved what we can achieve. The people, you know, it's obviously an ongoing journey for everyone here. Everyone's at different stages. But we've given all we can and everyone's better for it, I hope. So, yeah. So, if it had to just be snapped up away, I'd be like, that was pretty cool. I'm happy with that. And then whatever let's just do the next thing see what's next whatever yeah. i would eat. sweet sweet floors in a hairdresser <laughs> yeah <laughs> see what yeah exactly making the coffee <laughs> yeah so from here forward like yeah this is great i love it it's fun every day it fulfills you every day so i don't especially like maybe get rid of COVID and if you get to a post when you can grow again don't know if i care that much mm-hmm. if our coaches and staff are supported and my lifestyle supported and the people here are achieving all they want to achieve that's great and i guess a lot of people might struggle with that especially in the social media world where you are always looking at people that are trying to you know show off how good they've got it and it makes people think about the grass greener on the other side and about more growth and about more this and about more that so i just don't look at that And I just, I don't know, read more books about being humble and (laughs) shutting down my (laughs) ego (laughs) and just be, yeah, just enjoy it. Um, But yeah, in the future, I don't know. I'll just take whatever comes. If there's an opportunity that comes, that's really cool. Sweet. Like I love the podcasting. That's great. Mm -hmm. Go with that. If there's an opportunity in, I don't know, community building, (laughs) a culture building Mm -hmm. in sport or wherever, Yeah, sweet, let's do it. Um, But yeah, for now, stoked. Beautiful. That's
2: great. Well put. Yeah, that is very well put. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to say it again, love that. (laughs) Love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is your phrase. Yeah, Yeah, I
2: feel like it is. It's grown on me though. I've got friends that say it all the time and I'm like, I like that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) It's very positive. It's
0: good. I think it's good. That's like, um, if you've read the Resilience Project book. Fuck, I keep bringing it up. <laughs> if, you read, if you read that book... <laughs> Do you read book, anything else? <laughs> uh, I didn't, that's what I listened to when I was <laughs> in the podcast too. But he, there's a story where he, like when he first brought, come up with this concept of in the Resilience Project, gratitude, mindfulness, empathy and stuff like that. And um, he learned it all when he was just out at a school in Nepal, just in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Nepal. And there was this kid who, like, didn't like speak much english didn't have much like their school had one swing but it was broken like it just was just chains and there's this kid who just like just would always just point at things and say dis and what it meant was like he liked this and he'd just be like be like he'd point at the swings like dis like he was stoked (laughs) about the swings and and hugh who wrote the books like it's fucking broken. You know, why are you excited about this? And then like, they got their meal and he's like, this. And he just, he was so excited about everything that he's got. He's got nothing. Like he's got barely anything. And Hugh had this like light bulb moment where he's like, oh, you don't need all this stuff. Like, you know, you need to be more grateful for all mm-hmm. the things that you've got and all that. And this kid, this dis story, is just huge. And I think he uses that story in a lot of his talks and that as well. And I think it really broke him when the kid like pointed at him and he was like dis, and he was just like oh. <laughs> but he's used that story. Like he talks about that story with um, he did it to the Collingwood Football Club and. Spoke to them and helped change their views and stuff quite a lot and values and stuff. And to play Adam Trelaw, who was struggling at the time with his own anxiety in football because he's a really good footballer. So the pressure of a really good footballer to be good all the time is very hard. Um, but if you ever see, I think he still does it. Adam Trelaw always puts a bit of tape on his wrist and writes "dis" on it. Oh. And it's like a reminder that you're an AFL footballer and people love you no matter what, you just get to go out and play footy and just have a good time. And that's like his little reminder is like this.
2: I really love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna cry. <laughs>
0: read the book and you'll probably cry okay. reading the book. It's phenomenal. Or listen to it. Oh my goodness. Or an audible, like anyone. Like legit,
2: this. just about to cry. Yeah, I really <laughs> it's love the that. best. I think
0: it's a really good way to finish this yeah. too. Yeah. Like COVID's taught us this. The gym we try to teach this a lot, oh. like <laughs> God like especially when everything's taken away at the moment and I keep trying to say it to Courtney and stuff and um and to to everyone that will listen like we're entitled to nothing in this world we are not entitled to anything and a long time ago people had nothing they had a hut and a fire and they had each other and that's it and because people are really smart they build all this stuff and yeah but we're not entitled to any of it and we should be more grateful that we've got it You know, like there's the, the people, this minority that are very loud when it comes to vaccinations and hospital and healthcare and all that sort of stuff too. And my view is I'm like, you're not entitled to any of that. Who says you get to have all that? You're lucky that, yes, we have a constitution. We have all these things that set up all these things, but we created all of that. Before that, we had none of it. And so, you know, you're just a little blip, a little blob who's not really entitled to anything. So when you get anything, just like this, like yeah. <laughs> be grateful that you got it, and that's why I can't, you know, I can't identify with the people that are arcing up here, because there's people other places that have it worse. And oh yeah, it's not. It's, I understand it's also not a fair comparison because different people, different trauma, different backgrounds, whatever. But fuck, we're lucky.
2: We are so lucky. Yeah, you
0: know, my my job's taken away. Course job's taken away. Mm. But we have a government that can pay us a bit of cash, mm. like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got mm-hmm. each other. We can sit around and chat and stuff and, and that, like this. You know, yeah. It's pretty damn good. And when you just search for the good in the world mm. and stop searching for the bad, everything's a lot easier. Yeah. A lot easier.
2: Your health is everything too. Yeah. We are very lucky to have the healthcare system that we've got and And just to be able to hop on a not at the moment but be able to hop on a plane go home
0: yeah that must be exciting one day it's getting closer yeah
2: yeah Yeah. Yeah. and yeah it's getting closer yeah that's the best
0: (laughs) yeah getting closer yeah Yeah, hopefully we're so
2: we're just so lucky
0: but yeah no if you um in this world at the moment when you're i think there's a good way to wrap it up because it's the end of the Mm. season two for this as well (laughs) for this. <laughs> I think for this, yeah, this is like, if anything about all these stories and that was about anything, yeah, a lot of it was, especially during COVID, because we sort of brought it up every time in almost every episode, like, yeah, COVID's is a good reminder that we're not entitled to shit. Mm. This little virus can come and just suck you away. Yeah. So just be very grateful for all the people, all the healthcare, all the money, the government, you know, the politicians might be rubbish. But there's been worse, hmm. you know. The healthcare, well, you, the healthcare is not perfect, but it's better than almost anywhere in the world. Yeah, all those things. Mm-hmm. We are so fortunate. Um, as hard as it is, and jobs that are taken away, and all that, like we've yeah. You're
2: gonna get me going again. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking yeah, this. This, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> thanks for
0: having me. Beautiful.
2: Oh, thanks for having us. Yes.
1: Well
0: done, Cummins.
2: Well done to you, Dazza. Well done, Stu. (laughs) What
0: a good little finish. That was Um, so fun. Oh, I hope everyone listening enjoyed our chat. Um, That was a pretty cool. All
2: two of you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're We're building up. Yeah. Getting popular. We're
2: going to beat Darren's one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I hope everyone enjoyed the whole um, this season. I don't know what the next 10 episode season will be. I was really hoping to get, like, you know, experts on. If we can get out of lockdown, <laughs> chase down yeah. some experts. If not, I'll just, just keep doing more season with members because that's fun. It's fun. It's so, a yeah. good story. Yeah, yeah, really, really good, good. It's yeah.
2: really good hearing people's stories and on that, yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's all. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, you guys. Okay. I hope you like my story. That's enough about me. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Valor Fitness Nutrition Mind podcast. My name is Stuart Cunningham. If you enjoyed the episode, please send us a like, send us a comment, share it with a mate, give us a rating on the iTunes or whatever you're listening to this on. Every little bit of support helps. Looking forward to bringing you some more stuff next week. This is Valor.